Welcome to Movie Marathon with Andrew and Mike. Uh, it's a bright and early on a Sunday morning for us. Not sure about uh, when you're listening to this. Uh, we have both watched the brand new Halloween Ends. Uh, first time we're doing a podcast on a brand new movie. So that's super exciting. Um, don't have the history. Can't go online and look up a million fan theories or don't have all the years of, you know, commentaries, Q and A's and stuff. So it's just fresh and raw. Uh, although there are plenty <laughs> of thoughts about this movie <laughs> circulating already. Um, I would say not positive is the basis I'm getting. I'm still trying to avoid a lot of it as I try not to be persuaded into any kind of group thinking, kind of find my own footing before, uh, before doing anything but I, I will say i'm thinking about it more um starting to reevaluate my opinion but initial reaction not not the biggest fan um but how about how about you andrew uh we're gonna call this episode the cory cast <laughs> uh, um i mean america has been demanding a horror franchise with a cory <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, not since the loss of Corey Haim and and Lost Boys have we have we even realized how much we've been we've, we've healed enough to have another Corey. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to see it again. My initial reaction was probably a little bit better than you. Uh, but that's that's not, that's not saying much. Um, it they make some big swings for some stuff here. I think. The consensus across the board is this isn't the Halloween movie that a lot of people wanted it to be. However, that said, I also see where they where they're trying to go with it. And I think uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that that this could and we'll talk about it. This could age better than perhaps what the initial reactions are. I mean, I, I looked at the initial some of the initial uh, reviews, not necessarily what people said about it, but just the star ratings. And, it, and it's pretty much on par maybe in some cases a little below halloween kills and i think that seems to be a theme of people either really liked the halloween kills or they liked this but it seems like there's like one total bucket of tolerance and enjoyment for those two movies <laughs> and it seems like depending on who you are that 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 tolerance level seems to vacillate back and forth between those two movies so it's it's interesting um I get to they they definitely go very different directions. Um, they do. They're and, totally and, different and movies. I, I think there's a reason for that, and um, I guess I guess we're we're talking about it today. I don't know what else we would talk about. Cheese, <laughs> pumpkin carving, Jacksonville Jaguars, Duval. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little cold, so I, I probably sound horrible. Um, <laughs> no, you sound sultry. Ooh. Uh, so, uh, I, I will say um, the movie did lose me probably for the first, <laughs> for the for, for the, the the second act. I'm just like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going with this? And, well, and no, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Well, no, you're you're good. Um, mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason, the last twenty to thirty minutes really, I really enjoyed. Um, when I went back and rewatched a couple of parts of it. It's not like it's the best acted or the best shot. It, it, it was just, it was a resolution and it was a resolution I wanted to see done, or done in a way that I would want to see it. Whereas all of the second act felt like it was building to something bigger and they don't, to me, don't really pay that off very well. Um, uh, you know, spoiler alert, jumping ahead to the, where would you spend 10% more of the budget? 
I would have probably tacked on 20 more minutes to this. And I probably would have used that 20 minutes to flesh out more of the conflict between Laurie and Michael and maybe have a bigger reveal that of, of what happens to Corey. I, I, I just thought that was where, I mean, the movie's already an hour and 50 minutes. It's, it's already long for a horror movie, but I think they, for what they were trying to do in, in, in closing on a trilogy and really closing out in theory, the whole series from 1978 to now, they really just should have spent more time, um, uh, world building and actually paying off some of these reveals and i i agree and i it's, it's funny the whole that's why i probably need to rewatch it because i probably spent the whole second act being like god I, I hope i hope they're not i hope they're not fucking going where they're saying they're going and um that's exactly where they went they did and, <laughs> and i was like i mean as, i was hoping it was like more misdirect um and I was like, God, like if, they were, if you were mystical. going this way, like I don't know why you telegraphed it so hard um, of, of of making Corey into a Michael, of yeah. turning him to a killer, and like they do so, it's just like beat you over the head with visual cues of Corey, like knocked out on the ground and sitting up the way Michael does, of wearing a mechanic jumpsuit, of <laughs> it's all over and over. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. Like, <laughs> um, if you're gonna do do this much, it, that kind of needs to be a misdirect where Corey doesn't turn into a killer. <laughs> Uh, true, or or what they should have done was not reveal it as much to the audience. If there if there was a way yes. to do it, let the now audience get that slow reveal. That's what I was debating about. Of make keep Corey sympathetic where he's being bullied, and then we like these kills are happening, um, and we assume it's Michael. And I, I don't know. I guess we. I guess we're not, people aren't stupid. There wouldn't really be a way to hide that. We'd all assume it was Corey, since he's like the new character who is traumatized. Well, I mean, that's that's what Scream did. They brought Jack Quaid in, and it's like, well, wow, that's weird. Oh, they got this new character. Oh, it's, yep, he's the killer. Okay, <laughs> or one of yeah, them, one of the killers. But that, yeah, that just has like the meta concept, the stuff behind it, where it's commentating on those types of things. And like in the movie, they flat out like say, "Well, it's the boyfriend. It's like the new guy." <laughs> Yeah, um, true, true. Um, but anyway, um, so I, I think this movie really fights itself. Um, and I I think it's we, before we, we started kind of start talking. I think I I would guess just on based on the history of movie making, it's a like writer, director, creative side versus a producer marketing side. Where if you're the producers of this, you've kind of set this up and established, or you know at least what fans want. You have to have Lori and Michael face off. You they know this is the ending. That it's kind of what it has been built, at least for fans. I don't think thematically for these three movies um, they've done, they've oh they've kind of gone away from it being about Laurie and Michael, but I think they know that's kind of where their bread is buttered um, box office money wise. And so they can't resist keeping that in there, even though they're just going down a different road here. So they can feel tacked on or counterintuitive to, um, you know, Michael is not about attacking Laurie until he kind of just did. So we can have a satisfying ending. Well, uh, yeah, and that that's where that, that you and I were talking about that, and that was what prompted us to be like, hey, we should probably record this so we don't go through everything before. Yeah. Um that's what's not clear is they set up all they spend all of Halloween kills uh telling you that not even messaging, but telling you that that Lori yeah. is not is not the root of of what Michael's after and, and why he what he's pursuing. 
uh spoiler alert they don't pay off really anything that happens in halloween kills other than it's just more damage to the people that you you're following throughout the movie um but you're right in that in that let in that final uh, fight there's no explanation as to why michael would have come to laurie's house other than to come to her house i, I assume to get the mask from oh um, shit yeah that's um, it that, that's why like i so there's little details like that where I think they do get it right with the what thematically what they're trying to say, but it 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 they're just fighting against themselves so much on it. But like it's like oh like yeah, it's not about Laurie. Michael is just here because Corey took his mask, and so he has to come get it back. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it, there's like a lot of that, and I think the. Um, all three of them of explaining like, Oh yeah, Michael's not really after Lori. If you look at logically what happened here, he went to, I will say credit to them. Um, they have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and obviously Michael wears the mask. So you can always have Michael. Uh, but unlike say, like I know star Wars, the new trilogy got criticized a lot of while Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford were alive. They never had them on screen together. And that really felt like a missed up, a wasted opportunity when you had all of them in the movie. And while they have Jamie Lee Curtis for a Halloween movie, um, and who knows like how much longer she'd agree to do them, who knows how much longer she's going to make movies, you have a climactic battle with her. And I guess, spoiler alert, um, I guess this whole podcast is a spoiler alert. Um, She wins. (laughs) uh, Like she defeats uh, defeats michael and <laughs> grinds him up in a car masher <laughs> it's uh it's impressive michael's death is pretty gross uh for for well actually yeah. even even the all of the the stuff in the kitchen's pretty pretty brutal too Hello? <laughs> it's funny I, i've i'm curious i know um i don't know if people found it I've not re- tried to look at too much, but I've um, heard kind of people referencing the ending being divisive. And I was trying to figure out if that was because they trying to so definitively kill Michael um, or if it's just like, well, this isn't an emotionally satisfying arc to what this movie was. You kind of jumped into a new movie or so what that was. But um, we, we've I know uh, for like Gorley and Rust podcast, we've been watching the, like the Chucky movies, and I was like, anyone who's upset that they they killed Michael, like, I, it's, just, it's just hilarious. So much worse. Because, like, I know. Like, they, like this, I is can guarantee good. you, there'll be more Michael Myers movies. Like, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, and Halloween, and at least in this part of the series, even in its worst, still far head and shoulders above a lot of other stuff that's in this. Right. In it's just genre. child's play goes from really goofy routes to like after like really like definitive destroying Chucky moments. <laughs> like, they really go some bizarre routes to bring him back. Um, and I, I don't know. I wouldn't. And I wouldn't they mind. work. They work every time. I'm curious I, uh, if like the next Halloween movie will try to explain how he comes back or just like jump into him being back. Um, well, I missed it. I did read one thing that in those final closing shots, you see Michael's mask sitting on, on Lori's table in her house. Okay. So you could, you could argue or well, I could see somebody putting out there that the mask is, is the vehicle by which this evil is spread 
on some level uh and then you you can you can you could you could assume that somebody somehow gets control of it and that that starts the whole cycle again yeah which uh, so i guess that's the problem with this the where the franchise is at now um you have so many different fans fans for different reasons like different parts of it and I, I, you know, we've referenced, I'm not a big fan of when it gets too supernatural. So I'm not a big fan of like no, the same. mask is the evil part of it. Um, like if that's the direction some movies go, okay. But like that loses me a bit. But I think that's some of the problem for this movie and people's reactions. And always when you take on a, a beloved franchise, people want so many different things out of it that you're going to have a segment of the fan base who's disappointed because you didn't yeah. deliver the movie they were hoping for. And I know this wasn't, it's kind of the movie, I don't want to say expected because I wasn't expecting Corey, <laughs> but it's kind of the, it's kind of how I expected to react to it of, oh, that didn't fully work for me, but that might just be because I wanted a different direction for Halloween. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, no, I, I think, I think uh, you're right. And I think. I still don't. I, I I've thought about it. I don't really know what else they would have done if they had to do another movie. I don't really know where else they would have gone with this. To 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 close it out with, I think Jamie Lee Curtis's only motivation, not only motivation, but a large motivation of hers in terms of coming back was to actually finally truly just punctuate and be done with the series. And so, it's funny think, they've they've tried to do that before. <laughs> I think she tried to do it As twice, well. and it's yeah. like every time it just sort of keeps coming. I'm in back around. Yeah, and uh, uh. So uh, I, I understand. I, I don't think they could have ended this in a, in a different way. And I, I do think, to your point, it's not the movie I wanted. But the last 20 minutes sort of brought me back on track with, okay, I, I'm, I at least in, on, on a couple different levels, I enjoy this. And I, I think there's stuff here that it's good to see. And, 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 you know, maybe this is well done, even if it's not exactly what we were we were hoping for. But again, I you know, to your point, I... I don't know. I don't know exactly what I thought I would get out of this or like what I thought. I, like you and I talked about it. I don't know what a reasonable conclusion could have been otherwise. I think for the most part, given the, the, all the, all the corners, these guys painted themselves into, <laughs> they did as about as good a job as you probably could to, to, to conclude all of this. Yeah. That's, that's, you really <laughs> would have had to go back and that, that's so I can't remember. If I, if I was thought it, I said it in my notes, no, you, you, <laughs> talking you, you to you about it to me. I know what you're going to say. You sent it to me in your notes. That, yeah, that I think um, from the conception of Halloween 2018, they were asked to do three movies and initially we're looking at doing that. And then I, the, the producers backed off of that and said, well, let's just do one and see how it does. And I think the guys were like, OK, well, we may only get one crack at this. So that's like let's use our good ideas. Let's do it. And if it works, then we'll we'll have to come up with something new but that's fine like that's what we do uh but that's so emotionally satisfying at the of the ending yeah and it feels like this ending is very similar of that emotional arc and everything else is just kind of treading water getting back to that point of getting lori giving lori an emotional satisfying ending and everything in between is like running away from it's kind of saying very different things of like lori almost doesn't deserve an emotionally satisfying ending <clears throat> is Halloween kills in the first half of this movie in some ways. Um, 
and it, so I, I think they well, kind of spent think, everything yeah. in that Halloween 2018. That's why that's so good. And then we're just okay. Well, we get to make more sequels now. So what what direction should we go? Um, as opposed to like taking the <clears> original <throat> concept. Um, it's, it's kind of my guess for. No, I, I think you're right because the the ending of of 2018 implies that there's this catharsis because uh, it's through all of all of the, all of the events of of Halloween 2018, it reunites Laurie with her daughter and her granddaughter, and together they actually seemingly defeat the shape, and then that that's kind of the ending shot is is they're they're being taken to the hospital and and it ends on a slow zoom into Allison holding a knife, revealing you know, that she's not going to let go of protecting, protecting her family. And so, it, to your point, if they had just ended it there, you're like, "Yep, that's satisfying, uh, really good." And and you you kind of uh, they, they, they sort of oh, what's the word? They visually give you everything you need to know about what the, the 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 future of the characters could be, or at least a path their lives could take after this. I I, I like that a lot. And then here. Uh, I, uh, well, excuse me. Uh, kills the problem they have is they have to now carry it forward. So it's like, well, and they, and they probably knew they were going to do two more at that point. So to your point, it's like, well, we can't really give you any resolution because otherwise we're not going to have a third movie. So it does feel like they kind of put everything on pause emotionally between the beginning of Kills and then the end of this movie. And that was sort of my complaint was. They open. I, I they 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 try and express it, but I don't think it, they do a very good job of sticking the landing. With uh, there's no arc really for Laurie or Allison in this. It's like they they show them yeah. in the intro and they give these crazy voiceovers, uh, where <laughs> they they set up that that their lives are better or they've moved on in some capacity past Michael and and the event and Karen's death, uh, and. So there's no real arc other than the conflict that they create for the two characters between them uh, within the movie. Beyond that, it's like, well, their lives were a little bit better at the beginning. A bunch of crap <laughs> happens in the middle and their lives are kind of the same at the end. You know, just maybe Lori's not as crazy about all of this as she was. So it, you're right. If they'd had a, a full thought process of how they were going to go from movie one to movie three, and and have those those emotional character arcs i think this would have i think i wouldn't have felt that bothered by there's no payoff really for for what happens at the end of this yeah yeah and i agree that's uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know you want to dig into um some of the scenes in this a little bit let's uh, so let's maybe... talk about mr cunningham yeah um <laughs> uh so because <laughs> he is let's he's like 90 percent of this movie which is that's what's the weird part about this whole thing <laughs> which i really um i liked the opening scene mm -hmm. i thought it was effective yeah, good too. horror movie scene kind of established um where haddonfield is at and it was had a very shocking moment that works well for a horror movie, I'd say. Um, and we're talking and... about the movie, The Thing, they're watching at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are some so, funny uh, movie cameos. I, I uh, the, the other one being uh, Hard Target. There's a lot of <laughs> shots of somebody watching Hard Target. I got pretty excited when I saw that. So what do you the... think that means for the movie? <laughs> what are they trying to say? <laughs> I think... 
Um, I think that. Oh man, I can't. You're hurting my spot for jokes. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Um, it's like I, I'm not funny enough to do this. I'm not. <laughs> you <get a> pause. <laughs> uh, I think that that uh, Lori is the Wilford Brimley character <laughs> to Allison's uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, and and together, mm-hmm. old old and young must pair up to to defeat an eternal evil, which may or may not be Lance Hendr- Hendrickson. <laughs> That's the reveal. Michael's been Lance Hendrickson all along. <laughs> I'm in for it. I'm okay with it. You couldn't tell anyway. He's so burned up at the end of this and, and old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It could really could be old Lance Hendrickson. Like, could, I don't yeah. know, who knows? Maybe, maybe did a cameo for it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, so it really bumped me immediately during like the Universal Pictures thing. They hit instantly with like a radio DJ <laughs> talk about who does run throughout, and I think is one of the themes they're looking to explore not always successfully, but this radio DJ frequently will talk about Michael Myers or Corey a little bit uh, and has a lot of like conspiracy theories. And I think, I think they're trying to subtly take on um, where our country's at now after the past few years, um, particularly with um, COVID covid conspiracy theories about the election government of and having that out there of there's an there's an atmosphere of distrust of people blindly attacking each other and you see that in this movie where anytime Lori or Corey have a moment of like happiness there's some person who's like you don't get to be happy because i think you're bad yeah Um, that's true and I, so I, I think it's trying to explore that kind of atmosphere of I disagree with you. You're doing something wrong. So you should never get to be happy because we disagree about this thing. Um, so and, and anyway, but the radio DJ stuff out of the opening really was like, oh, my God, what movie am I, am I about to watch? Yeah, it sounded um, like uh, I, I would liken it to like the radio ads that play in Grand Theft Auto. That was that was like the level yes, of like, yes, like that's ridiculous, silly DJ. So I was like, okay, kid, I, I am all in for where this is going. Uh, which I, I mean, it's some nods to the like Halloween Six. Halloween <laughs> Six, yeah. I was wondering if they were actually actively uh, trying to to get back to that. Uh, I think so. I think that's a conscious choice of uh, of doing that. They have so many others where they're obviously doing that that i have to think it is um, especially in 2022 to have a radio dj <laughs> like um that, that, that's kind that of an odd re- choice yeah. like that <laughs> unless you're referencing dated. something um uh good old so, barry, barry sims <laughs> so uh <laughs> rock jock barry sims <laughs> so the opening is Corey is going to help out these people i guess he cuts their grass and they desperately need a babysitter on halloween night and they call him up to watch their kid um and it's really funny. The uh, there's some like really great moments of the moms giving him this speech about the kid, like his problems, like wetting the bed, and is like really scared. And like because of, because of Michael Myers, yeah. Which is, that's I think that I think that they're laying that track for for a reason. And then and then the kid turns, and so it's like a funny moment where like they cut and like they're watching the thing on TV. Yeah. But it's even funnier that the kid is like you're like set up to like think it's like like sweet sensitive kid, and he's like a total little shit. Yeah, I know he's a terrible kid. <laughs> He's a terrible kid. He's just like mean to Corey. He's like, he's like, this does not seem like a kid who's like, but I mean, I think that goes into some of the themes of the movie of like trauma makes you react. 
that that that's in different ways. Exactly, I think you're exactly right. I think the, the, the what they're trying to message is, oh, he's been affected by the Michael Myers thing, and it's slowly started to corrupt him. So yeah, he's expressing that with like anger and cruelty. Yeah, uh, because and that's what like this Michael stuff is that everybody so. They're watching the movie, then they so Corey is like, "All right, enough of this. Like, you need to go to bed or stuff." And then, like, so I really enjoyed where the kid tells him he's being like a little shit. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna be fine. Michael Myers kills babysitters. Like, you're the <laughs> one who's gonna get it." And I was like, "Oh my god, this kid is, yeah, is he, something else. He's a, um, a piece of shit." But it, it, that sets up well. The kid tricks Corey and locks him in like an attic or a closet or something. Yeah. And Corey, but it's like it's like a big attic kind of space that's like creepy, and um, where it'd be like the perfect scene for like Michael Myers to come out of the shadows and murder somebody. Um, and Corey kind of starts like freaking out because he can't get out, and so it's a pretty. I wouldn't have really believed that moment of how intensely he freaks out, except for that setup of like M- Michael, Michael Myers, Myers is gonna, is gonna yeah. get you. It's Halloween night, and you're a babysitter of. I, I kept waiting for Michael to be revealed. I kept thinking that was going to be the. Oh, well, buckle up. That's the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> waiting for Michael yeah. to be revealed. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, well, well, they got me. I guess they let us know right away. <laughs> like, they got me. Uh, so, and like, it's incredibly shocking moment. And I don't know if the physics of this totally work. They kind of don't really show too much of it, but. Corey's desperately trying to get out and the kids outside the door laughing at him and Corey's like trying to kick the door open finally busts it open the door slams into the kid and somehow knocks him over the railing of this like third story staircase and he plummets to the floor and like dies on impact and bounces his, like, he like bounces yeah and like as his parents <laughs> like weird. open the door into the house coming home um, and it's like it's just like little kid death like like to open the movie and it's like holy shit and they show him too it's gross yeah it is gruesome Uh, (laughs) and but it was shocking and like i i was like okay like (laughs) i don't know where this movie is going but like it's (laughs) that shocked me and you know for a horror movie like i'll I'll take that (laughs) yeah i um it's shocking. I, I I thought it was it was a good setup for Corey. I, again, the problem you don't realize you have at the time is you're like, well, you better really like all this stuff because it's pretty much the entire movie. Uh, yeah, uh, and I, yeah, you're not expecting that. <laughs> no, you're like yeah, we're following been, Corey. Yeah, about... Tying to Michael Myers at some point. And so that's and I, I'd probably go into like a bigger theory of it about it. So that's as thinking more about these movies, and I sent you a whole thing of. All three of these movies, 2018 kills ends. Um, they're all about different ways of people handling trauma in very unhealthy ways and what that does. And Michael Myers almost becomes the metaphoric personification embodiment of, you know, the toxic handling of trauma of not dealing with things, letting it fester in different ways. And that's what keeps bringing Michael back is people doing that. Uh, and it's, so it's more metaphoric. And so this scene um, you see this Corey's parents, or trauma, not Corey's yeah. parents, the little boy's parents later in Corey, but this is the trauma for Corey and his inability and the town's inability to properly navigate that is basically what brings Michael back. It's basically the story we're going to follow here, um, which, yeah, so it's not really what I want from a Halloween movie, but it doesn't necessarily make it a bad movie. It's no. certainly an interesting idea to explore. 
Um, and we have plenty of Halloween movies that are just Michael killing teenagers. So, you know, there's definitely room to do something different. Uh, it just, I, I, when, how successfully they do this, we'll, we'll talk about, but, um, I do think that's some of the reaction of people of, I, I didn't really want this to be exploring Corey, Corey's trauma. <laughs> no, but you're right. And I, I, uh, the overall arc here that it, you don't, I don't, I didn't get it sitting and watching the movie the first time. Grant, I was, I was watching it distracted, doing other stuff and, and watching, you know, pieces here and there, but they, they, they you are, you are right. Is this, this, they pay off everything they set up in this movie and they pay off conceptually what the whole series is supposed to be about. They don't pay off any of the middle of Halloween kills other than it's just more trauma. So, uh, you and, know, and that's, that's, that's just, they kind of hit that theme so much just in different ways. <clears throat> um, and it, it's, and I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the message is. Um, uh, well, you, you touched on it last week. I think you uncovered it literally in the middle of us talking about it, but it's um, that the violence, violence does not, you know, result in peace. It results in more violence. And I think that, that, the townspeople, because they're afraid of Michael and they want to address and deal with their their trauma head on, uh, they, they spend their entire lives, Laurie too, uh, arming themselves and equipping themselves to be ready to kill him and fight him again. <clears throat> and I think that's what this is trying to tell you is, even Kills is supposed to be trying to tell people is, it won't work. The violent, violence begets more violence. And so don't, don't try and um, address your problems with violence, address them with dealing with the problems and moving moving through them I, th I think that's what they're trying to tell you it's just you get a nosebleed jumping between like the the, the yeah <laughs> like kill watching kills and then watching ends you know so almost back to back so i the, i land on that side sometimes as well and then watching this one there's some moments in it i'd say particularly um later in the movie laurie is talking to the father of the little boy who dies in the accident um with Corey, and he it's obvious like you see his wife earlier and they're kind of in different places of dealing with their grief and he seems to have come to a place where he would like to reconcile with Corey, maybe like offer like forgiveness or understanding um and he talked about how he sees Corey and he's like, that wasn't like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that the wasn't the, the same. It wasn't the same boy who cut my grass. And then he references the eyes and I said, just it's the doll's eyes. <laughs> uh, but the blackest but eyes. there's things like that. Where I'm like, okay, well, is the message here? Are, well, are what we're supposed to take away that this is a horror movie about Michael Myers is Michael Myers will always come back because there's always going to be bad things that happen. There's always going to be grief and trauma and people are not equipped to handle that. And that's the world we live in, that Michael Myers will always return, that that the trauma begetting more trauma is the world we live in, in an almost like nihilistic, like fatalistic sense. And I, oh. I went back and forth between like, oh, if you like properly like work together, kind of like the ending of like the whole town comes together and maybe has this like catharsis of like destroying Michael is like, um, but I was like, I don't know. I feel there's a huge undercurrent of people are people and bad shit's going to happen and well, we're going <sighs> to take it out on each other and build um, more trauma, which will lead to basically like Michael, the equivalent of Michael Myers coming back. I think uh, 
that's how they're supposed i think that's what they're trying to punctuate the movie with Lori's. she's writing her memoir mem- memoirs throughout this and i think <laughs> she ends it with halloween <clears throat> or not halloween oh god uh evil doesn't die it just changes shape and i, I do think that's the, the if you needed to tell the audience exactly what the entire theme of this movie was it was like all right that's it like that that, that that's everything that this is building towards is Michael Myers is is now a, a more of a, a a theme or not even a theme, but he's like a legacy or or like a, a like a concept than he is a man in this. And uh, you know, again, yeah, Corey even says that too when he steals the mask from Michael, uh, where he says, "You're just a man in a, in a Halloween mask." So it, they 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 are really now that we're talking about it, messaging it pretty hard that the theme is. Uh, it's the perception of things and the perception of fear, not not necessarily the uh, the the person who's bringing it. Yeah, so, and I and I may be thinking too much about this. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to see if there's a consistent thematic vision through this, or what the takeaway is on this. Because the first 2018, you can kind of take away. You can't just spend your whole life preparing to not have for the, trauma. For the, for bad like stuff, bad things yeah. are going to happen and if you spend if you just prep for 40 years like yeah in 40 years something bad's going to happen <laughs> and you can't if you spend that whole time just trying to prepare to be like completely ready for that you just completely alienate other people and that dominates your life and you don't live your life yeah and so kill seems to be you can't respond to trauma with just violence and get angry and attack that that only results in more trauma for more people and you just spread your bad feelings into others and then this one so i i read this one as Corey tries to basically shut himself off from the world yeah and it's a lot about like people in Hatterfield, or he feels they view him as a monster um because he killed a kid and it feels like <laughs> well yeah yeah it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty horrible but yeah I mean, it was like a horrible accident but like it's yeah that's going to be hard to deal with and hard to reconcile and he seems to have withdrawn into himself and basically be trying to feel nothing that if i feel nothing good i can feel nothing bad and i will just like live every day just exist. as a blank slate existing but never feel this and never deal with those bad feelings um, but obviously they're still festering inside him. And I think it's kind of looking at it with trauma. You can't just withdraw. You have to confront those feelings. Um, I just don't get like, I, like he kind of starts to do that. You feel with Allison. Yeah. And then I guess immediately becomes overwhelmed with them and becomes a killer. <laughs> it's like, I don't like, it's I don't know what the message is <clears throat> on dealing with trauma I'm supposed to take from this. It seems like if something traumatic happens to you, you're doomed to be damaged forever. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Allison's a character who we see get out. Who I, maybe I, I think is you the can... hope of that road or even Laurie, maybe of she. I, I think it's a big moment of why it's important. Karen, her daughter dies that that maybe snapped her out of. I spent all this time preparing and Michael Myers still killed Karen. And I have to like, oh, like it didn't work. I've got to go try to live. Well, that's 
I think you're right. I think I think I think you're giving them a lot of credit for how they pay off the <laughs> whole arc, um, knowing that they've done it now over a, you know, five four or five year uh, build up. I'm sure even before that with uh, with writing it. But I think what's interesting about uh, Corey slipping back into the dark side is, and I, I would argue that had Laurie not um, encouraged him to. I don't want to say use violence for revenge, but he gets bullied. Long story short, uh, we talked about the 2019 events where Corey accidentally kills this kid. You move forward three years, and um, uh, he gets bullied in a parking lot or at a, at a gas station. And uh, these teenagers you know, from the from the Italian part of Haddonfield, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, from the Tony Soprano light of Haddonfield. Uh, so that, um, that actor, his his name is like Michael Barbieri or something. Um, and on his IMDb, <laughs> it just made me laugh because in this movie, it, it so bumps you that he's just so like, he's definitely like, really feels like he's from New Jersey. Oh, yeah, um, I know. He's, yeah. like, he, he, like, he feels out of the Sopranos. And on his IMDb and his bio, it's like, it's of Italian descent. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's fascinating. Um. He, uh, yeah, we can talk about those kids in a, in a minute. Uh, but I, I think I think w- what happens is, um, and what drives actually the movie later on was uh, Michael or Michael uh, Corey is feeling bad for himself as he should because he just got beat up by kids who are like four or five years younger than him. That's probably not going to feel too good. Uh, and then Lori helps him, and, and and she helps him seek revenge by putting a knife into uh, into the tire of the the police yeah. car. Which for some, I don't know why, man. They put a lot of focus on this fucking like 1986 Chrysler LeBaron. <laughs> yes. A lot of a lot of screen time for a LeBaron. Um, <laughs> uh, and I would argue that none of those cars are still running at this point. But uh, I, you know, the, the reason I say that is <clears throat> he has this good date with Allison. He sort of flips out because he can't emotionally deal with. He's getting close to somebody, and then on top of that, the mom of the boy he killed is some reason sitting in the bar on 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 you know the week before halloween drinking alone and then attacks verbally attacks Corey and uh so it's you know i part of me wonders that and then, and then the whole thing culminates with him walking home and then he he's attacked on the bridge uh under which the troll michael lives <laughs> uh and uh i i wonder if, and, and he's attacked by the bullies because they he he put the uh the knife and the tire and deflated the tires and the kid got in trouble with his dad. And so I think there's something being said here that Laurie probably helped create through, through not having fully reconciled with the violence and the revenge aspect of it. That's, that's in in turn created some of the problems Corey has because that, that eventually instigates the fight that, they push him over the bridge and he falls into Michael's basically into Michael's trap. And that's, that's kind of how I think they're setting it up is then you see Michael lit, like literally and figuratively begin to pull him in and he pulls him. Oh, into the, he, uh, you're into right. The, he pulls him into the, the underground, into, the darkness. Into and the like, sewer. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think, I think it's a very rich visual metaphor, <laughs> very rich, but also very ham fisted metaphor. Yeah, I, oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that's probably what this entire movie is. So I, I the more we talk about it, the more I, I like what they were trying to do. I just don't think when you watch it on the screen, it, it ever feels like it's, you're fully like, Oh, okay. 
Yep, this makes sense. Yep, they're going to pay this off. Great. Let's keep going. I, I like where this is headed. So, yeah. So, yeah. And I keep bouncing back and forth because as I listen to you talk, I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. We need you should talk about that. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that, like you said, like ham fisted. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like all this. Yeah, I like this. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate the character of Corey. Um, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, but and so you said so, but it's really interesting. Lori literally puts the first knife in Corey's hand. Yeah, that's because because it, isn't her her knife that it um, is. She like pulls yeah. out like a little like switchblade thing <clears throat> and is like, yeah. "Do you want to do it or me?" And he takes it and like slashes the tire. And it's um, it's like Laurie sets him on the path of, "Oh, these people made you feel bad." So like violence is a possible solution. Yeah, yeah. To and, that, and then uh, Michael, and then that leads to the darkness that is Michael, and that and that that's what sort of consumes him at that point. Um. So that and, that, and like Laurie sees Corey and for some reason identifies him as a, a potential boyfriend for Allison, who she's worried about, um, which seemed odd, um, I would say, but is, is the, is the meat cute basically for Allison and Corey of, he like has cut his hand and Allison's a nurse. Yeah. I'm, so Lori I'm... brings him to the hospital for Allison <laughs> to help. Um, and they kind of like have moment, like a little moment of like, Oh, like you're a fucked up person. I'm a fucked up person. We should get together. Um, uh but the movie goes to great pains to laurie kind of like sets this path of Corey. she gives him the knife she introduces him to allison and kind of the emotional journey he goes through of how he feels about allison of whether he deserves to be happy is what kind of starts him down this uh, potential dark journey of becoming a michael myers killer and i was like what like what is it supposed to mean that laurie puts him down this like kind of starts this i was like i don't i I, i'm not sure what to take from it uh you know what i'm not i'm not really either it's yeah it's it's (laughs) interesting it's an interesting idea it's a very interesting idea that that even the person who is in theory trying it's it's almost like if you're not careful even with good intentions you may be perpetuating bad bad things and, yeah, and, <laughs> but but I don't. I don't. To your point, I don't know what they're trying to tell you with any of it. Other than I, just... I, I like keep coming back to like the, the message from the movie seems to be like, holy shit, it's really hard to navigate <laughs> life. Like every like it's like every decision I make, I need to think about like the possible repercussions or ramifications of like is was this person like having a bad day and like. I inadvertently set them down a path to like punch their kid. And now like that kid's going to grow up to be a killer. And that's, that's all on me. Like, I guess, I, I, I guess maybe I would take it as, or I'll, 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 I'll give them the credit of maybe what they're trying to imply is that uh, life is fragile. And there's, there's an argument to be made that Lori and Corey have both gotten to the same fork in the road at some point in their lives where they could have continued to try and, it's like it's uh man i'm gonna sound like a fucking nerd it is the light in the dark uh battle of it's very easy once you have that much anger and 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 fear built up that that you can easily go either either of the two paths you can you can do your best to fight against it and which is what laurie spends this movie and they imply most for life trying to do or you could be somebody like Corey, who was generally supposed to be a good person and that's how they mess it the dad messages you know when he went to go apologize or forgive Corey for the, the kid's death that he had already turned and he, he wasn't the, the nice kid anymore and that he had been consumed by. Yeah. Darkness. So I, I think, no, I, I think there's the duality of, of like, okay, you know, 
you, you don't quite know, you know, you, you it's how you I, I like that. your trauma. So I, I like that. I like that. It's you, you got to make a conscious choice every day. You can't choose the darkness. You can't give in to the darkness. You have to keep choosing the light. And like, even though like you may fall down in like small ways, like it's important to keep trying to stay on, I guess the light side, um, but like to keep, choosing good yes because the more people choose darkness but that's how we get down to a path of like michael myers and society falls apart and it's just killings under bridges and yeah well man we're i'm going way out we've 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 really just been talking about kind of this theme i I think it's gonna be hard to talk about individual scenes but i think (laughs) i think that's where i'm starting to land on is that's okay individual scenes i don't think add always work but i think big picture thematically there's something interesting going on um to talk about but when you break it down to the individual scenes they at times can be at odds with each other creating a cohesive story or again they just put all this weight on this Corey character who is not it's not like it's not fun to watch this traumatized person falling deeper and deeper into like darkness and despair and so i mean i it's not like a fun watch of no it's character wise it's weird to say this has a happy ending because it does (laughs) but i think that's what like i said earlier it i i i was very much put off by the movie up until the last 30 minutes and then it, it twit and it shifts and it's like, well, that's not good either, right? Like the the, you shouldn't have that much polarization even within uh, acts of the movie. Like that's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do think thematically, what they're trying to go for is, and I give them credit because, I, but but the problem here's the problem. I think the average moviegoer is not going to get. Not only say they're not going to get this, but you have to be very familiar to me with all of this franchise. And what they're what the yeah forty plus year history of this and thing you're is also digging pretty deep into things to like pull yeah. these meanings out. And, and like, I, th- I think that that's where it's going to fall a little bit. Is is, but I, I think the intent here is what they're trying to show is, and they they message this even pretty heavily um, at the end as well. But I think the intent is they're trying to show you that Michael Myers is thematically what Carpenter tells us at the end of the nineteen seventy eight movie, and it's that the reveal of uh, uh, Loomis shoots, uh, shoots him. Uh, he does a swan dive over the balcony and he's laying, you think dead in the yard. And then of course, Loomis goes over and it's revealed that Michael's actually gone. And then it cuts to all of these different cuts to Laurie crying. And then it cuts to all of these places where Michael could be hiding in, in what's supposed to be these safe suburbs. And I think that the, the idea there was something else is at play and there's some evil that, that, you can't quite explain but it's just out there and that you know again you could you could intuit from it that michael is something bigger than than a he's a symbol of evil not necessarily a he he himself is the evil if that makes sense i think that is what they're trying to use Corey as a vehicle to to reinforce is that that there is an evil it doesn't have it comes in different forms. Obviously, it comes in different shapes because, as as Laurie is so kind to tell us, uh, evil doesn't die; it just changes shape. And I think that's what we're <laughs> supposed to be seeing is a metamorphosis of of Corey into that evil 
um, from and from Michael. And, I, and so it's they're doing some kind of heady stuff in terms of the themes that they try and cover. And I like that they're trying to bring it re reground it with what the 1978 movie uh, really goes out on a high note with. But again, you know, all the Corey character is just not a fun. No, I'm not saying this should be fun, but it's not like a, it's not a very enjoyable arc to follow because you're like nice kid. Seems a little strange. Life sucks up. Oh, uh, life sucks even harder. Well, yeah. it keeps getting worse, and now he just wants to kill people, and you're just like, oh, this is a... It's tough. Yeah, it's... like I mean, I enjoy movies of, like, characters, like, dealing with trauma, and, like, but, like, in a... That's a very delicate subject, and a drama that handles that can be tricky to navigate, right? And, hit the, and doing it in a Michael Myers movie, it's just audience expectations are kind of going to be at odds with yeah. this deep delve into personal grief mine, and trauma. Mine were, I mean, I, I know I went into this mm. with a different expectation. Um, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by the ending, but yeah, this definitely was not what I thought it would be for the, the whole movie. The whole movie felt like a, like a CW teen drama for like the first, the second a little movie. bit. Yeah. It had some, in some of those like horror movies, um, like, from that, so when like CW, like late 90s, early 2000s, where horror movies were pulling in actors from those yeah. movies because they had up next Smallville, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Of but, um, and then it's maybe just be like teenagers, it always makes yeah. always brings that vibe. But so, I, I just support you kind of your reading there of like the meta evil changing shape, and that I think that's what they're saying with the opening credits. They have these like pumpkins, jack o' lanterns that morph change shape and then morph back into just a jack-o'-lantern and i think yeah. it's like it changing shape and then but then it's still the evil comes back and it can take many it can change but in the end it's still darkness and evil that you have to deal with um same yeah it's the same concept just in different forms uh, I mean, I think like we're on the right path of what they're trying to do. I, I agree, but it's your point. Yeah. I think expecting audiences to dig that outside of like a core, a very core fan base, I think expecting an audience to dig that deep is you're just asking too much. Well, yeah, I, yeah I, a two hour movie. I guess the problem is the subtext of the movie is maybe good. The yeah. text of the movie isn't that good. No, I yeah. So and, 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 you, and you're, you're you've built the entire premise of the movie coming around a final conflict that you get, but it's like a little underwhelming, I think. Um, well, cause they, it's delves so deep into like this trauma. I think you wanted it almost like a bigger. Yeah. That something yeah. like, I don't know if it'd really be possible, but it just felt a little underwhelming of like, like I, I felt like I've gone through trauma watching this. Like I wanted a more, more <laughs> catharsis. <laughs> than just this like well so let's touch on let's do this then let's touch on a couple of scenes maybe uh, to your point i think there there were there were some other things that i i liked within here that talk uh, about the actual movie that's a good idea uh, yeah it is well and i was thinking too that, that that to your point in the third act i i think if they'd had a bit more separation and that's what i want to talk about was that that, that final fight scene and obviously um the, the build-up to it with with cory i do feel like if they had 
made the movie longer and had more of a separation between Corey and Corey's fight with Laurie and Michael's, excuse me, Michael's fight with Laurie. I think that would have been a more interesting ending. And I think it would have picked, okay. like a better payoff. So I like, a... okay. Well, so tell me what you think of this. And we're doing the exact opposite of what you said, or I am now. Keep going. That's fine. Um, 10 minutes early where we give 10 more minutes to uh Corey and allison's relationship they just go on like a couple more like happy dates <laughs> where things are good yeah they've hung out like three times and at the end of this yeah i'll oh, just establish that they would have a history and like uh, like give us more stakes as an audience where we're still rooting for them to be together um and then 10 minutes we're paying that off where Allison is blaming Lori for Corey's death. And so there's a, like a little more despair, all is lost. And then Th- that, this, it's that. this would be hard it's to that. navigate, but Allison coming back to help Lori and maybe like understand and forgive her would have a little mm-hmm. more meaning than just like everything's compressed together time-wise. So it's a bit of a jumble of if there's any emotions behind these actions. That's what I didn't like was was uh, <clears throat> uh, Lori tricks Corey, which I thought was kind of an interesting reveal that she reports a and her it, own suicide. It and got it, me good. I really liked it. it was, I have in my notes. This is like fuck you movie. You did not earn like Lori's own <laughs> suicide, and then it turned out to like just be a trick. So, uh, so I, I guess if you want to detail that scene, oh <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, it's at the. Right at the start of the third act. Well, probably close to it. And uh, the the reveal. Yeah, no, no. Because I, I forget. Corey's already turned at this point. He's uh, he's already taken Michael Myers' mask. And he's... he's. I think he's going to kill Laurie so that he and... They don't do a great job setting this up. Because he basically stands up um, Allison for them to escape Haddonfield. Yeah, and that kind of didn't... That didn't like, really work. So yeah, like what's his, what's it's his, weird. Is he, is he motivated to actually be with her, or is he motivated? But, to... but I'd agree. This is a start of Act Three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so Laurie's, I think Laurie's sort of given up on everything, and she reports. She calls the police. For, I think she reports her own suicide. Yeah. And then hangs up the phone, and then uh, puts a gun to her head, and then they cut to outside of the room she's in, and, and from behind a, a cracked door, you see. You hear the gunshot, and then you see this gross-looking splatter effect on the wall, and it's like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" Uh, and then, of course, uh, Corey and Michael Myers' uh, outfit and mask uh, creeps into the room and reveals that, of course, Lori hasn't killed herself, but she's, you know, she's just she she knew what was coming, and she prepared herself to to uh, confront Corey. Now, I don't. It's not clear. I guess she is. I guess she is she knows it's going to be Corey because she doesn't, she hasn't interacted with Michael at this point. So she probably does know there's something wrong with Corey and he's, yeah. Gonna... And she's yeah. Picked up on and confronted Corey and like, yeah, yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think you're right. So I um, think, I, yeah. I, so she, she shoots him and, and sends him uh, backwards over the, over the staircase and, and down. So it's kind of like an homage to what happened to her in the first one, except the rules. Oh reversed. yeah. Going down the, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> um, so Corey, Corey's, down at the bottom of the steps uh, and i didn't like this but whatever um she has a a big speech with Corey, effectively saying there's no way i was going to kill myself and you know you don't deserve allison and you can tell that at least 
even though he's he's turned towards this sort of Michael evil thing, uh, Corey's Corey's still pretty hurt because he's been shot three times and you know fallen <laughs> on the staircase. So instead of being able to fight because he can't, uh, he takes uh, the knife and he plunges it into his neck because they hear Allison's car pull up and and he kills him. He basically kills himself. And then Lori tries to pull the knife out right when Allison walks in. I mean, like I just didn't, I didn't enjoy any of that setup, and I didn't, I didn't like that way. It's something we've seen before in movie. I, I don't necessarily mean like the of like making it look like something this person, horrible, like yeah. miscommunication because this person's holding a knife, and this other character walks in the room at the wrong moment. Which is exactly think, what happened they, to Corey at the beginning. It's because when they cut to Corey after the kid's fallen off the balcony, he's holding a knife standing over the body of the kid, you know, three stories up. But that's mm-hmm. what they, that's what they, they end that opening intro on is is that shot. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't need to see it with Lori, and I don't feel like it earned some of that. And, and Corey killing himself yeah. as a way out just didn't feel genuine to what the whole buildup well, was. And um, so, uh, yeah, so I love the Lori fake suicide because it got me and like, I don't know. I did just, um, it works well for her character of what they've established for her. I thought it was really effective of what she would do. And I think the one part of Corey killing himself that works is why like that trick would work because he's willing to kill himself. And so it's like, Oh, like, you can see why you would believe she would. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Uh, but I so but the other part of him, well, I guess he technically doesn't kill himself because uh, that's, that's also what doesn't work yeah. with it. It's like Michael comes and he ends up really like I, I mean I, I think at this point it's a matter of time before Corey dies, but Michael comes in and finishes the job, and I not I don't know I guess that's kind of I I like it reading it as. Corey is such like an ineffective version of Michael that he can't even kill himself. He needs Michael to finish <laughs> the job. <laughs> and like as like a radio saying we don't really like the Corey character is like, yeah, I think the movie doesn't like doesn't like him <laughs> a whole lot either because like they go to great pains or I guess they don't like him as the killer because it goes to kind of great pains of making him a bit of a joke as a killer. Um, <laughs> And so, like, failing to even kill himself and Michael has to come in and do it uh, is, is an interesting finishing of, of that character. Of uh, Man, like, poor Corey. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's... He kills people, but... He yeah. uh, um, but I, the movie, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't... I took it a different way in that you could argue that he's still a little alive at the end of this. I mean, he's been shot three times, fallen off the balcony, stabbed in the neck. <laughs> You could. I, I was almost taking it from the lens of, uh, well, people are still afraid of him and ha- and revere him as being dangerous, and and maybe that. Spoiler: That's what we think. You know, Michael is being uh, subsisting on, uh, but I, I think that you could you could almost argue he's maybe still slightly alive because of the general fear and and, and concern about him. And, and, and maybe that's just enough to kind of help him hang on in that moment until, to your point, the thing he should be scared of is the boogeyman. And come, the boogeyman comes and kills him for taking his mask. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I was wondering if maybe that's a little bit of what they're trying to trying to message is that that his metamorphosis had started, but maybe hadn't gone full full circle yet. And so he's 
he's still in limbo between two different stages and, and Michael just at that point takes care of him and kills him. And, and yeah. I mean, they, they, they do tell you pretty hard that he's a piece of shit kid and you just don't like him. <laughs> like he's not like, yeah. well, cause yeah. Cause to your point, there is still like, I guess, and I guess maybe this is what they're doing is you brought up, he stands with Allison when they're supposed to like leave town together. Um, so he's like trying to get Allison to leave town with him. And I, I don't know if we're supposed to take that as he's trying to not become Michael Myers. Like if we get out of Haddonfields and get a fresh start, like I think like despite the fact he's killed people at this point, uh, he's yeah. like maybe like like I cannot go I can stop this path into darkness if we can get out. Yeah. If that's how we're supposed to read it, or if like he's already doomed and is just like looking to like keep Allison because they go into the thing of this kind of a battle for like Allison's soul between Lori yeah. and Corey. Is that why his name's Corey? Because of Lori? Because it rhymes? Um, I think it's that, and I'll touch on it in a second if you want. I'll okay. touch on another sort of theory, or at least maybe not even a theory, but an illusion throughout the movie. Okay. Um, I just the fact that he stands her up is to your point that he's maybe battling himself still. He's not fully committed. There's yeah. maybe part of him that could still try to go be with Allison and like find redemption from this darkness. Um, but I don't know. It, it doesn't, <laughs> the actions in the movie don't fully make that seem possible. Um, no, again, I, I, to your, to what you said earlier, I think there's, there's things here that they're doing that are pretty smart and they're taking a really interesting look at the franchise and what fear trauma and what Michael Myers is supposed to embody when you watch how it, some of it's done on the screen, it's like, uh, like, like we're yeah. doing, a, we're like, we're, we're what, like a little over an hour into talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we're giving them a lot of rope on, on maybe how it was presented versus what, knowing what they were trying to accomplish. And I think that's the struggle is there are a lot of interesting themes in here. And I think they're taking a very interesting tact, but they, they did it in a movie where they've built it up to only be about, showing payoff of violence and i'm like well you know there's just like you said there there, there's a lot of conflicting ideas they're almost fighting themselves throughout this entire movie it's like what are they trying to actually make this about and so there's a the famous kind of video game criticism thing do you ever play bioshock i did not okay um so it's like a first person shooter but the the phrase that would come up a lot was in the famous essay i forget who wrote it but it's like ludonarrative dissonance and so basically in the movie, in the game, you're, it's a first person shooter. So it's all you like kind of on your own. But a lot of the plot is kind of a takedown of, um, oh, I forget what they call it, but basically Ayn Rand's theory of, um, forget the name of the philosophy, but basically of viewing things of like one great man, he oh, kind okay. of achieve of like individual greatness. And, yeah. But it kind of like takes that down of like, um, that's like bullshit and that's like a bad path to like elevate select people as almost gods or as better or as have achieved more um compared to a a collective some things that are more for a collective good Uh, but it's done in a first person shooter (laughs) so it doesn't trade like it doesn't quite track with what you have to do because you're a single person on your own combating against it's not like you work yeah. collaboratively to defeat this system and I, I think there's a similar thing here where 
you maybe just can't explore these themes in a Halloween movie that is going to have to have violence and kills in Michael Myers. And you're just going to fight yourself trying to do that <laughs> and have to like do weird contortions plot wise to try to make themes work. Yeah. And they do. And I, I think that's, that speaks to the, the tone problem you have with, um, with uh, kills going into this is, is you're just, Hey, it's just all over the place. I think, I think they're doing it somewhat intentionally. I think, again, they're trying to build to, well, violence, violence has created more violence is the ultimate theme of, of kills, but I don't, they're, they're trying to service too much stuff in this movie. And that, and, and, and I think that's where it starts to fall down is they're trying to punctuate the Laurie Strode storyline they're trying to wrap up a final battle with Laurie and Michael. They're trying to wrap up the thematic understanding of, of what Michael is supposed to be. They're also trying to, um, without being too weird about it or supernatural about it, they're trying to, to wrap up the whole, okay, well, what motivates Michael and why would he still be alive and all that stuff. Anyway, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just, they, 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 you're, they're shoehorning too many big ideas into a single movie. And I, I give them credit because for the most part they get there on a lot of it, but but um, I could also see why this has such negative reviews. Um, yeah, yeah, and and I, we, we talked about I could see this being reevaluated years later <laughs> when it's not the new Halloween movie and just yeah. a Halloween movie. Yeah, uh, but I think people like uh, it better. So, and yeah. it, it's also trying to break the mold. I mean, the first Halloween really broke the mold in terms of what a horror movie could be because it was a cheap cheap but very interesting and well done uh, movie it its problem and probably one of its biggest issues is it launched the slasher genre in the, U the u.s in the late 70s early 80s and you you still feel this entire series is just trying to rebel against the thing it, it actually created yeah and, and that's that kind of what ends they want to get beyond what is the basic dna of yeah yeah, of, uh, I, of this movie, yeah, and I, I think Halloween two thousand nineteen seventy eight was always a smarter movie than a lot of its its uh, uh, successors, and this probably is too. But the problem is, it's you're also fighting against now forty four years of history of, of yeah. what it's built, and so it's just a it's a weird. They have it's too much to unpack in a single movie. It's too much to unpack uh, with with a 44 year franchise almost like they, they've built yeah, it up damn, and now it's like crazy. man paying it off is gonna be really tough yeah yeah it is yeah it is pretty wild when you think 44 years um so a couple of scenes that i that i did really like that in moments that were and actually um interesting that this is kind of one of the positive moments in it um so Corey works at this like junkyard or mechanic shop or something that I guess it's his dad who owns. I couldn't remember if it was his dad or his uncle. I thought and, it was one of the two. Yeah. And I, well, first I, I just thought that was his boss. But then you see him. Then Corey's at home with his mom and that guy's there. So it's like, okay, is that his dad or his stepdad or an uncle? And I, I, I didn't quite track that his mom was married to him necessarily. But I don't know. I, that doesn't really matter. for, uh, for this. His, his mom is awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. Jesus. Uh, but his dad, stepdad, uncle, whoever he is, is uh, a really great character um, and really fun. And is almost like kind of a shining light of maybe how to approach trauma that like Corey works for him. 
and I guess like Corey has a problem being on time for work, but he like gently like chides him about being late for work. And then in like a nice gesture, like gives him this like old like motorcycle of like, hey, make maybe instead of riding your bike, if you do like ride a motorcycle, you'll be on time. But it's like and just like the way he goes about doing it, it's like it's there's like a sweetness to it that you can see is not he's a little gruffer of a person. Yeah. But cares about Corey and is worried about him and is trying to find ways to like reach out, connect with him, help him because he sees like, yeah, you're still really struggling with this trauma that you've gone through. And if I can, you know, give you a path, a person to come to make things a little like I want to like try to offer that to you. Um, and like Corey is maybe not there yet to like, reach out to somebody that way. But I, I just find that this character very sweet. Um, I agree. And that, that was one of the, the disappointing things was he. Um, I, I'm looking at the letterbox stuff. That, it, it is that kid uh, that kills him is named Michael Barbieri. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> who plays a kid named Terry. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're right. I, 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 I liked it. He, he symbolically at the end becomes the thing that is was to me like the final real opportunity that that maybe Corey had to to change or or go back on on who he was as a person and and he, you know symbolically gets shot in the head and and then that pretty much uh means that there is no going back for Corey at that point also the guy who was watching hard target so just yeah, by, so. by virtue of his that, that might be why I have a soft spot for him yeah <laughs> Like, maybe identified he, with him a little bit is he a sweet character with good intentions or does he just have a really good taste in movies? <laughs> yeah or does he just like john claude van den so. <laughs> yeah, i think it's the latter but uh <laughs> what a uh, good guy it, i didn't like the scene i mean I, I understand why they did it it's it's it was sad to see him get killed because they they, they show the mom is uh very know, overbearing probably isn't a strong enough word but just you know emotionally brutalizes Corey throughout this and and you could also see that she's part of the problem, part of the driver of what pushes him into to, to motivate him to, to yeah. be dangerous. But you could see, I felt she was that way. Um, viewing the movie through this trauma lens, she was that way because she was also traumatized by that. And, but saw how Corey was, saw how this impacted him and saw how people changed, how they treated him. And so she was kind of very angry about that. And I think she got went to a place where all Corey needs is me. I will make, yeah. I will be enough. I will like be enough to like keep him from hurting. And, and that went on her own destructive path of not properly dealing with this. Yeah. No, it's that, that, that's, I think you're right. And I think, uh, good intentions but 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 badly done and as a parent and 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 pushes her pushes him away at the end obviously at the end because he murders <laughs> her uh but yeah. uh yeah well i want to touch on the the junkyard stuff because and the bullies because there's that i did like that entire scene and and there were parts of this there are vignettes in, in the movie that i thought worked really well again how you stitch them all together as a cohesive movie to, to cover all these themes didn't work really well but i did like the the mid middle midpoint of the third act Corey, what is it oh he he antagonizes the bullies and then uh they follow him to the junkyard and it was like uh uh and then he 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 
pretty brutally. I mean, actually not pretty, very brutal. <laughs> uh, dispatches yeah. all of them. I think uh, the first guy, he puts a knife through his... Oh, man, now I'm remembering eye. how his like dad or whatever dies. And that's, yeah, that's tragic. Sad. That's yeah. really sad. And, and, it's, and, it's, it literally dies trying to save Corey. Yeah, and, and his dad put the gun in the hands of the kid who killed him. Yeah. And, and so it's like his, his, his dad... Uh, our uh, one one of the kids, uh, Terry, our our friend Michael uh, Barbieri, <laughs> um, he he escapes. He's the main bully, but he escapes into where Corey's dad's sitting. I think in like a trailer or like in an office in the junkyard. Uh, arms him. Uh, the dad arms Terry and basically tells him, "Stay here. I'm gonna go out and look for it." And, and then the dad goes out armed, not really understanding what he's gonna find. So they find obviously the one of the bullies has been stabbed in the eye. Who's sitting in that? gorgeous 1986 LeBaron <laughs> uh, they, they have another kid who uh, she had gotten run over by their their tow truck and trapped underneath the fence and I'll touch on that where this, I think it's illusions going and then uh, the other kid had been clubbed with a wrench and so it's just this brutal scene and yeah. as as Corey's dad's looking over at the uh, the girl who's trapped and trying to help her he looks up and finds Corey I think it's interesting symbolically. He's not wearing Michael's mask yet, but he's holding it, and so it's almost like he hasn't mm. fully made that the, the the whole turn yet. And his dad obviously is very confused. And then right when he, of course, starts to try and talk to uh, to Corey, uh, Terry comes out with a gun and draws down on on uh, Corey. Dad stands up, and then the Terry, being an idiot, uh, ends up shooting. Uh, yeah, Corey's dad in the head trying to shoot Corey. So it's, I mean, that, that to me was sad. There is no emotion or there's no emoting from Corey, which is what's weird, but it's, it's all about um, uh, that's to me was like the final step before he, he, he fully makes the turn into choosing evil rather than um, the light side. Yeah, so I, I'm trying, I'm trying to not go to star Wars illusion. I know. I know. <laughs> I find myself stumbling over <laughs> like uh, Corey's a Sith. <laughs> you know By the end of this, he is. Wait, wait, I, is, wait, is that how Michael stays alive? Is he a Sith he, Lord? Kind of. He feeds on evil. He feeds on, on fear. And, and so they, they do sort of message that, but I, I liked the, the whole scene with, um, yeah, actually, the whole movie, that whole scene to me, and actually the whole movie, I did read some of this somewhere else, and I started going back and looking at some stuff and uh, within the, within the movie, and, and this actually pays off pretty well. The entire movie is basically Christine. It's it's the whole arc of Arnie Cunningham from Christine. Yeah, and so we have Corey Cunningham here, and I mean this, Arnie didn't kill a kid, but yeah, <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> um, deleted scene. Yeah, deleted scene. Deleted uh, opening of that movie. But Christine was uh, a, yeah, you're right. It was a Stephen King book that that Carpenter somehow made as a movie in 1983 in parallel with when the book was being finished. God knows how they did that. But I actually I actually liked the movie a lot. I think it was really Carpenter did really well with it. I think taking somebody else's IP and putting his touch and spin on it. And I think you have a lot of overlap here with um, Christine being a story about. Uh, a guy who Arnie who's a nerd who gets picked on and he finds what he doesn't know at the time is this evil car he tries to love for it take care of it and it ends up ultimately still corrupting him and he kind of rots from the inside at the very end of it there's a showdown in the junkyard with his friends where he's 
you know, he's trying to kill people because he's being motivated now by Christine and not, not, not his own thought process, but the whole, the whole junkyard seeing the music uh, it's it, Carpenter did the score for both movies. So you can feel Carpenter's uh, allusions to Christine, I think in the, in the, in the kind of synthy themes, but even some of the kills in this are um, there's a scene, there's a, the first kill in, in Christine is you don't know if it's Arnie or if it's, or if it's Christine or both of them together trying to chase down one of the bullies to kill him. And he, and the kid jumps a fence to try and get away from Christine and just barely does it. And here it's kind of like they do, they do the same thing, but the kid doesn't escape. So I don't mm. know. I, I thought it was interesting. It felt like a lot of the movie after I picked up on that was a big head nod to Carpenter again of like, not, not just the Halloween series. And you don't, you don't hear the Halloween music really in this at all. You don't hear the, the piano theme much yeah it's, I, I would have to rewatch. but you're right it's not super prevalent uh, so, but no i really like that uh comparison with christine and I, I enjoyed that junkyard scene too um and that felt closer to a halloween movie of just um some of the kills and the brutal kill of terry with the blowtorch yeah, that was oh um, God. <laughs> that was awful which um yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we show like Michael is very capable of many different things, but they establish that Corey um, is a mechanic and can do something. So it, you plausible like he can operate these things and stuff, but it was blowtorch like in the mouth. Like, yeah, that, that, was, that was tough to oof. watch. That was really um, um, so <laughs> a different direction. Uh, one other sweet scene I wanted to bring up, um, and they kind of uh, undercut this with an interesting. Um, downbeat but um at the grocery store with laurie and frank and then they pay that off at the the final scene too but that was it's like laurie strode frank and will Patton, um the old police officer run into each other at the grocery store and like clearly continuing on there's like a little bit of like flirting and like you see like a path of like oh like they could get together and it's like laurie oh. this character you've been rooting for for all this time of like it was like a very sweet, nice moment that I really enjoyed. I'm curious if that was a reshoot potentially and tacked on. Um, at the end, I could see just something of like, we need more Laurie in this, of doing this, or if that was always in there as the movie. But um, I, I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy their interaction. I enjoy seeing Laurie be happy. I enjoy her interacting still the same way. Like she was still like, she's still nervous around like boys or men that she likes. And you can see that payoff from the 78 original, those like nerves. You feel like, I don't know, it's just nice to see. Um, I, I like Jamie Lee that. Curtis, like, yeah, you having a. Like her uh, whole life is not just garbage. And I, I mean, Frank's, Frank's laying it on pretty thick. So it's kind of funny to me. It's like, okay, all right, buddy, <laughs> take it easy. Well, I always read that as like, Frank knows like Lori's damaged and realizes like, she's not going to take a chance. On this, like, I have to be really open. That's that, fair. like, hey, like, I like you. <laughs> like, I'm, um, I'm here if you're if you're interested. Of because he knows she's just never gonna like make a move on her own. But like, he'll scare her away if he becomes too aggressive. But like, needs to really keep that door wide open. Of, <laughs> uh, for Lori. No, uh, I don't that, know. At least that's that, that's a good point. That's, uh, a, that's a really good point. I I think I'm. I, I, I enjoyed there's two big scenes with it. I think there's the supermarket scene and then the very end after after uh the whole movie. That that 
that ending scene did feel like a reshoot, but I, I liked all the stuff in the supermarket. I liked the idea that they can show these two people who have both been through the ringer with this, with uh, Michael Myers that, you know, there's, there's yeah. life after it, you know, there, there's something and it, to look forward And to. as much as like the themes can get muddled, it really feels like it's offering like that's, that's like our way out of trauma. That's a way to heal is like, as connection, finding another person, yeah. um, helping each other. And like, that's, having positive feelings and emotions and like that's what like health is healthy of um and, and i think that gets muddled a bit with Corey and allison and what how what they do with their relationship yeah. but i with that is like the one especially ending the movie with that is like no matter what like you still have to like try to reach out to people you still have to try to find that connection um that's because that's our only path of healing I, I I agree. I, I I liked all of that. It was nice to see in a movie that was very dark. It was very. It was nice to see there was some lightness to, um, you know, there's hope for Laurie at the end of this. And I, yeah. that's what I kept expecting was this was going to build to, just, she dies and and they they messaged it so much in the commercials, and the ads yeah. for this that yeah what misleading ads for this movie yeah uh, yeah they really were they were all over the place because she they message a lot that she's like maybe I have to die for him to die too and it's like you're I'm just glad she doesn't I'm glad that's I'm glad that's <laughs> spoiler how it ends that it's not it's not just this dark ending where she somehow sacrifices herself for for this whole thing she actually oh, comes to terms with it so speaking of the darkness though and what it goes into like the shared trauma of this Haddonfield um the end of that supermarket scene um, this woman approaches Lori because like and it's the same thing that happens to Corey in the bar of like he's like smiling and happy and like Lori's smiling and happy a little like giggly um of like oh like I interacted with the guy I like and is like um feeling good and this woman confronts her and it's the woman from Halloween kills who like the older couple yeah who gets like a knife like through I guess survived but her sister no, has to take care the, of her uh, now. It was the bulb. He shoved the that bulb, bulb that's in her right. neck, which was yeah. like which was awful to watch and i guess this woman's like sister is like taking care and she like confronts Lori of like like what are you like smiling about like you brought all this trauma like on this town and my sister like you had to like make the boogeyman mad it's like what narrative what, what, what narrative exists in hattonfield about Lori strode and michael myers uh, at this yeah. point it's like this is not like but it's like it's that um I, the I think hard it's... darkness of this movie to like yeah rob laurie of like this happy moment it's like jesus i I think i I think that's what i don't like about it is they're using uh symbolism through that character to say that you know your your trauma and if you haven't dealt with it it's it's always sort of lurking when you you least expect it and you're it's gonna like ruin any good moment but yeah yeah but 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 like like the plot doesn't line up entirely with what they no they haven't laid the track work for this to entirely be like man that seems like it's a really harsh reading by this lady of what the situation was like i don't i don't really buy like no yeah that's that's what i didn't then that's your to exactly you you said it exactly that's where it doesn't work is is they're they're swinging for some really big you know kind of heady concepts but they're using plot devices and elements to to show you that that don't feel earned or don't make a lot yes. of sense in the scheme of what, yeah. we've, what we've been shown so far yeah earned is the is the is a good word there so and that was one where i'm like i remember that. i was so shaken by that because i'm like oh she she's alive how the fuck did she survive <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I wrote in my notes too. I was like, ah, I was like, I don't know. That always bugs me a bit when people, these people survive. I'm always like, I think Michael Field finishes the job. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think he's more efficient than that. Like, he <laughs> not just like left her there, but what do yeah. I know? Um, also, she killed. He killed all the first responders. Who would have found her anyway? <laughs> like, <everybody laughs> I mean, it's been like four years. You know, there's. <laughs> Uh, I, but at the time on Halloween, night, oh, like she probably yeah. should just bled out or something. Yeah, yeah like she would just bled out. Like, like Michael, yeah. Michael murders eleven. Yeah, and it's not like um, in the hospitals, like having some issues that night too. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like nobody's gonna find these people. Like it just didn't, uh, it didn't, didn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, so, whatever. Uh, this is a little darker. Two other, one other scene I enjoyed, and two characters I liked because they felt like they were from a Halloween movie or a slasher movie was the older doctor and like the <laughs> nurse who's like sort of Allison's friends but like more of a frenemy. Yeah. Um and obviously like this nurse um the doctor kind of hits on Allison and she like shuts him down and then obviously he turns his attention to this other one and she's totally game for like yep. rich doctor. I'm 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 in. Um and they just hit they just nailed those characters of a slasher movie of characters you like watching on screen. Yeah, they're despicable characters. But yeah. you don't like them. And so when and I don't I'm I'm sure this I've already seen divisive stuff about this, but Corey comes to attack them, but then Michael shows up and helps him, and it's like a Corey Michael tag team of um and Corey's got like the goofy like scarecrow mask on that's like really <laughs> yeah. like messaging hard, like He's like Michael's it's, little brother, like he's like yeah. Robin to Batman of, um, but I that felt such a pure slasher movie scene of these characters you kind of that you sort of don't like but do like getting dispatched and you yeah. don't you enjoy ways. like the fun creative kills and you don't mind it because this party that doesn't like it. And like, I, I, so I was like, yes, this is like the movie I wanted. It needed, um, it needed more of that. I think it, yeah. it, it needed like maybe one, maybe two more scenes of, of them ran so they could maybe help you rationalize a little bit better how or why they're working together. That, that threw me because they never come back to it again. Cause then it's just Corey goes back to Michael and beats him up and takes his mask. And I'm like, what is yeah. It, it, again, it's like these moments where, like, you see what they're trying to do. Yeah. But then they like don't follow through all the way or haven't earned that. And yeah, that's. It was. It's. I didn't love the idea of them working together, but it's not so bad that, and thematically, not so out of out of out of the out of left field that it doesn't work. It's just not. They, they, there's nothing to tell you that Michael would help or work with somebody ever. And then right. they introduce that here. And like, yeah. And it's, and so that's it's, what doesn't make sense. Why Michael doesn't kill him. He like has this like psychic connection, I guess, because of the trauma. And he sees like, this is someone who will bring this trauma out and give me more power, I guess. I don't, I don't, it's he had black eyes. Yeah. It doesn't, it's all that. I think it's all that stuff. Is this, yeah, it this, just doesn't track. I, I, I did I did read some other people's takes that, and the implication is that Michael can sense that there's darkness within Corey and so he's preying on that and so he lets him go because he sees a kinship and in, in that yeah but to what you said we've never seen established Michael would do that no like, so again they're trying to use the movie to, to wrap a lot of things up and they're doing it with a character that's new and there's so much work to be done there to try and establish all of that that it 
it take it, it they do they do things to service the overall themes and, and concepts they want to drive but the, to do it with what you're you're seeing visually it throws you out of so many tropes or expectations of, of what people would have going into this movie it there's so many there's so many misdirects kind of building up between the marketing of this and even even what your expectations are going into the third third movie out of this out of the blumhouse series that it's just I, I looked again on Letterboxd, and I think the, the review for this right now, let me see, it's 2.4 stars, which I think is, is I, yeah, low. Sense. And yeah. I, I, I understand why, but I do think there's more here. I, and I think us talking about it, this has gone up a little bit for me. Well, there's a lot to talk about. It's not, right. uh, and so there's something for There's something to that. If, if it gives you, um, and it's not like we're talking about um, some deeper, bigger ideas and stuff. And if whether they're fully executed, right? It's it is. There's something there. It's a smarter movie than maybe it's going to get credit for. Yeah. Um, so also, I was going to say, I, I enjoyed them teaming up too and didn't mind it. Um, I didn't say I enjoyed it. I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, but particularly because it just really highlighted how fucking terrifying Michael is. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Corey does this and is like really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Michael does it and it's just like an unstoppable killing machine. And it's yeah, like, yeah, good. Like, he's doing. at least they nailed like that's Michael Myers. Like yeah. he is terrifying. Um, yeah. So were there any scene, other scenes that um, you wanted to hit on or you enjoyed? Um, you know, I, I, um, I can't my notes. I did enjoy the DJ thing. I thought that was hilarious. It was really quick, but it was uh, that felt like more of a, a traditional slasher movie as well. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cor- Corey comes in, and uh, also one of the best DJ names ever. It's DJ uh, Willie Willie the Kid. <laughs> so he's the guy you were talking about earlier, who who's throwing out conspiracy theories in between uh, music sets and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I I just I'll, I'll just hit it again. I, I like the junkyard scene a lot uh, towards the mm. end because it is a I, I like the allusions to Christine, and I also really enjoy just the the positive scenes of Laurie and Frank, and that having that that being the ending that you there's still there's still damage between Allison and Laurie. They both seem to acknowledge it, but then there's still hope beyond that for both of them that that Allison escapes. Um, Haddonfield and Laurie perhaps finds you know some comfort with another person. Uh, I, I actually um, I bet th- I could see a lot of people not liking it. I actually liked that funeral procession for Michael to take him to the to the junkyard. I, I enjoyed that they they give the, the town some c- c- catharsis and there there's there's some release of of pain there. And I. I I liked it. Um, I also thought it was funny too. They leave it uh, to nobody's imagination that <laughs> Michael is dead because they fucking grind him which, like a pole. Yeah, which I find so funny because there's going to be another Michael Myers yeah, Halloween of course, movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, it. just, it's just very funny when they go to great pains to be like, no, he is really dead this time. She did it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like, like, guess what? You greedy fuckers are making another movie at some yeah, point. Like, somebody's going to spend a lot of money to undo what you just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like, no, I was fine. I guess with pretty much the ending, it was kind of how I reacted to it. Of, 
Um, I, I laughed when the sheriff came back, from, who like hadn't shown up for the whole like, movie. It was just no like presence. there, as yeah. Um, but I, I think a little bit how the movie did earn the funeral procession ending the town is something like um, seeing that woman in the supermarket parking lot like go after Lori of like, and so you see like oh like the whole town is angry about these traumatic events and they need in particularly they need to see Laurie Strode drag Michael Myers into yeah. this like crusher and destroy him. And, and it, it still like departs so much from that, like in Halloween kills, it's, it's not, not about Lori. It's not about her. But it's like, yeah. well, now you're still kind of saying it is about Lori. Um, or that and she's I, got and like, some responsibility. As a or fan, I kind of want it to be about Lori. Um, yeah. So I'm, ha- I'm kind of happy to see it get back to that. And it's it's as like a 44 year journey to Lori defeating Michael. Um, is like yeah, it's fine. It's pretty good. It's enjoyable. It's nice. There's a whole bunch of baggage in the way that doesn't quite make things add up quite right. But um, as like a punctuation, if this is the last time we see Jamie Lee Curtis in a Halloween movie. Um, with Michael Myers and um, it is like a fairly satisfying ending of like we get something we get we get a conclusion to that story um, that you know it's it's not nothing <laughs> it's the, no uh, uh, but it's like you know for some big big I, I, and to your point earlier Jamie Lee Curtis has been brought back a couple of times to like <laughs> yeah. in in the franchise or, or at least in her story arc and they they've always tried to set them up as these huge big fights and like uh what was it h2o she chops his head off and there was supposed to be a helicopter in that one where his head gets cut off at some point yeah you know, obviously him losing his head was always gonna be a big thing uh but there was always this uh like it has to be this big fight i mean what's interesting to me is like the the final fight's pretty quick and it's not yes. really um I don't want to say impressive. It's not I mean, you could work. It's just you're you're actually watching two sectogenarians fight <laughs> yeah. in a kitchen in the dark. Uh and so it it does feel like Michael is very human in that moment that he's uh he's he's capable of pain and he's capable of being injured. And I did I actually, enjoy when she pins him to the table with the one knife yeah. and he like rips his hand through the knife to yeah. choke her. Um I don't know that I thought would have some cool gore effects. And oh, felt yeah, very like, uh, felt very Michael of well um, Jason Jason in part four gets his hand yeah down the center with a machete, um, um, but yeah I, I agree it was really quick but I don't know how it couldn't be because Lori's no, age <laughs> like um well I, I took stuff, it but... I took it as um look so the the whole thing of the the fear that that motivates or somehow fuels him you can see at the end of it Lori's not afraid anymore and like yeah and maybe so, that's the secret. So, yeah, that's 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 the difference. Can't is be he, afraid. Yeah, he, he's not. A, she's not afraid of him. She just she's just there to. She's afraid for her life, but she's not afraid of him. And I think that what they're trying to tell you is, he's lost his. It sounds stupid. He's lost his powers, if you will. And so when they do fight, that's how she can defeat him. Is there's nothing there to fuel him anymore. And, and so he's he's now he yeah. is just a man in that fight. And so. She's able to overcome him and overpower him, and I think which, that, that 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 I think that's that's the logic they're going for. Which again is, we're do, I feel we're doing so much work for the movie. We, we are, like, we this are. This is a, a big picture, big picture idea that I, I like is interesting, 
And it's like, yeah, I don't know if the movie fully realizes that. Or it's no, um, it's not on the screen. It's not on the screen. Uh, the but it, again, I, I, um, I, this sounds weird to say, but um, to go back to my own thing, um, there's the subtext is there and the text is not. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, uh, but I, I, I liked the final fight. I liked. Yeah. I liked the the idea that she pins him down, and and then it actually felt almost. It's interesting. It sounds weird to say this. How gentle she is with him once she's got him pinned how it's like she almost is just very careful and i guess that goes to the trauma that it's not vengeance it's not revenge yeah it's not punishment she's not trying to punish him she's just trying to stop him yeah she's just like yeah and i thought that was decently done and then she she just she cuts his throat she cuts his wrists and listen the whole intent there was for him to to bleed out so I, i thought it was I kept waiting for him to come back. And I'm glad they don't do that. But like when, when Laurie's... Oh, Laurie, the classic Michael, like, yeah. Yeah, and not that I, I think he needed to at this point because I'm glad they punctuated it. Um, but I kept waiting for him to... Like when they put her put him into the that metal grinder or whatever it is in the junkyard, I was like, oh, he's going to come back and he's going to grab Laurie. He's going to pull Laurie in with him. But pull her in, how yeah. They, <laughs> how they, they ended is that they've they've gone down together. But I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad it was. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're like an hour and a half into this. So uh, <laughs> I guess I decided not to put Carl Weathers in this movie. Um, <laughs> I have too much respect for him. Um, and really, there's just not. There's the nature of the movie. There's just not. I mean, what is he going to be? Corey? <laughs> Corey's dad? <laughs> I said Corey's dad, but I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Like, you're right. It's just not Doesn't really fit. rolls there. Of, um, and it's also, which I, I I don't know. We did started this from the Predator episode we did that we've never. Where we had a whole run of like how much we like Carl Weathers, and how underused he was by Hollywood. Um, he never got like his own franchise. Like he was yeah. always second. Uh, and I just don't want people to think we're like making fun of Carl Weathers. Like this actually no. came from a place of love. <laughs> no, I, I hand on my heart, he is the high point high point of Rocky Three and Rocky Four, and he's a fun foil to Arnold and and Predator. No, I and honestly, uh, you know, we we don't think we've talked about it, but one of my favorite roles he's ever been in was when he played Chubbs in in Happy Gilmore. Like, that was like <laughs> that's what's so weird it's is fantastic. that's what I, I know him as, and and my yeah. bookends for Carl Weathers are fucking ripped dude in the jungle <laughs> fighting a predator or a one armed golfer who who, <laughs> who falls out a window and that's how he dies. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> His, 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 I, I like Carl Weathers. I, I like him a lot. The more I've watched the Rocky franchise, especially, it's like he's yeah, important it, for the. It's not movies. really Stallone. Like Stallone needed yeah. that him yeah. and, that, and that role to actually motivate a lot of those movies. Yes. And it's like without without Apollo Creed, it's like you really wouldn't have a Rocky. It gives Apollo. a nice, yeah. So would you put Carl Weathers in this movie, <laughs> Terry? No, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a he's like a seven year old bully, high school bully. Um, <laughs> No, because you're right. Because there's not enough characters here to to maybe make it. Have yeah, this kind of this category there. always works better when we're doing like '80s movies or movies um, that are fun and that are not just super. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, so, where you could have a fun character. Yeah, it's like no, there's not really any any character. No, I I, I think you're right. I I will um, I will I will defer him to another movie. Uh, all right. Um, I know you said for ten percent budget, you'd add the twenty minutes. Yeah. I, I yeah that that's that's my answer is I I would I would just thread out a little bit more the um 
again oh man it's like every time i start thinking about it it's like i i want i want more of a slow burn on some of that stuff that's in the second act but to your point if it's not about michael chasing glory then you'd have to if it's not the mask that he's after then you'd have to find some other motivation for them to come together that yeah and, and none of right. it would work thematically so you know what i rescind it i'm gonna not spend the i'm not gonna spend the extra 10 percent because i've talked myself out of it after after everything we've talked about <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make the movie would it's, be worse for it thematically if you do it i think the problem is i think they already tried to put some band-aids on this movie yeah and now we'd just be doing the same thing and it's yeah. like no like we get like you gotta stop at some point just let it be what it is yeah. um yeah so you're I, just gonna I, muddle it even more. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't touch it. I, I I would just say maybe lean in a little bit more towards the uh, the Carpenter synthy score illusion stuff. Alright, so I I wanted to uh um I I couldn't come up with anything like real for it either because you need to spend twenty million again or <laughs> just don't bother. Um. So no, but my so my uh, a little more joking. <laughs> um, is gonna have a scene of like michael eating a dog again but this time Corey was going to be with him and he was going to be eating a dog too but like a little chihuahua or something just to highlight like michael would have like a big like great dane or something like just to highlight the difference between them just to nail that home <laughs> i think it one step further you should have a uh a um oh god i'm gonna get a lady in the tramp type scene where they're eating <laughs> dogs in the middle on a dog yeah, they, they meet they meet in the middle on the intestines intestinal tract of a dog and <laughs> They have a they kiss. It's well worth the two million dollars. <laughs> Get that in the movie. Yeah, you're gonna spend a lot of money. Probably that's on, that on, is on delightful. Um, but yeah, well, I, but, I have a question. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna ask what you rated it. So if you have something. Oh no, I, I give it a three to a three and a half. I'm, I I do want to watch it again, but us talking about it raised it in my mind. What about you? I'm two and a half right now. And I could see watching it again. I could see that bumping all the way to a three and a half, or I could see it falling all the way to a one and a half of just like, okay, I think I have a lens to watch this movie through to appreciate it. And if I watch it again and I'm like, nope, it's not working. I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, I tried. I'd give everything I could. <laughs> but if it does work with that lens, I could see it being like, okay, yeah, yeah, I like this movie. Um, I, I I think you're right, and I'm wondering five years, what the or ten years, what is people, what are people's perceptions of this going to be? Because I can I know there's just always so much bad. baggage when it's like the new, well, the yeah. new one of yeah. Well, and you I, can't I, I can let it people, be what it is. Thematically, when you put it back in with 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 2020 vision, looking at it and saying, yeah, in the context of the world, that makes sense for for 2022. Or no, they were going for something and it doesn't work. You know, it's it's too it's too early to tell. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway. All right, but Andrew, you should take your family to Legoland. Oh, I will. Well, uh, <laughs> real quick, since this was going to be the uh, the last one for this run, where would you rank? I, I, I'm going to assume 1978 is off the table because that's that's the best. Oh, I guess it's pretty easy the rankings on this one. It says like the order we what we did them: 78, 2018, kills ends um, for me. Yeah, fair. Um, I, I guess I could see maybe someone like an ends more than kills I, i'm um, jockeying, the only i'm jockeying between the two it's okay it's hard but i i also think i like ends way more now from us talking about it and understanding the uh the themes but I, <laughs> but you might go watch it and be like oh fucking cory like this is a lot yeah, of this shit <laughs> yeah like the, like right now kills and ends are neck and neck for me and that's mm. i didn't really expect that but after we've talked through it i'm like well maybe it's they're going for something real different 
and that's tough. And that's yeah. third third. And you want to give time for yeah. to sit sit with that a bit. Yeah. The third sequel always has a really weird, different take because they've they've realized they kind of have to do something different. This one, <laughs> this one has that. I I typically like the third movies because there is something they're taking big swings. This one watching it on my first watch didn't land for me, but I'm I'm I would put Halloween ends and kills neck and neck. And I think after that you're right, it's just the order of it's 1978, 2018, and then it's these other two are still neck and neck. I'm not sure which one I which way to go yet. Also, I one really um Jamie Lee Curtis is so good. Yeah, no, um, she carries so she carries a lot of, a lot of this. Um and also that 1978 Halloween is incredible. <laughs> like it is. And I, I, I do uh, feel like Inns has a, a bit of a deference to that movie. And at the at the obviously with a mm-hmm. they have the, the final shots of Lori's house and neighborhood, and it's warm and it's open and it's bright and it's not this scary dark thing anymore. Like like she's brought light back to to these areas that uh, of her probably maybe maybe her own mind that were darkened by Michael. Um all right, I'm done doing work for the movie. Uh so <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it does feel like there, there's a deference to Hey, we, we we need to keep conceptually keep this on on track with what Carpenter was trying to tell us in the first one. Yeah. So I, I think if, if people can take that away, I, I appreciate that aspect that yeah they're smart no, enough I... they're smart enough to not try and throw some fucking crazy left left field idea out there to try and justify the whole thing. They're like, no, <laughs> he, he's the boogeyman, and we're gonna just kind of let you. And they're trying to explore what that means, yeah. I guess. And so yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh we're ending this. Uh, I'm sure at some point we'll be revisiting some Halloween movies. Oh, we will. As well, Halloween three is coming at some point. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do a for our next run of movies. I think we're gonna do a, a, a episode dedicated <laughs> just to what that's gonna be in picking those movies. A uh, short one, but just to tease a little bit, Andrew, uh, what, what what's coming up next? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I think we're gonna hit a series of. Eight or nine movies that'll take us through the end of 2022, uh, and it's going to be a run of the always wonderful uh, Golan Globus Pictures uh, <laughs> Canon films. I think we're going to do mostly 1980s uh, Canon Canon movies, uh, which includes such incredible hits as Death Wish Two, Death Wish Three. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? I'm sorry, uh, Masters of the Universe. Uh, <laughs> uh, most of Chuck Norris's 1980s career. So yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think uh, we, haven't, we haven't fully picked the movies yet, but I think what we're going to try and do is we obviously have a lot of familiarity. I think anybody who's listening to us has probably got a lot of familiarity with Canon films. So trying to take maybe two movies each that we have seen that we both really like and we want to watch. And then uh, we each take two movies we haven't seen of that because there are some interesting interesting things in, in the canon series like I, I thought they were mostly schlocky movies but they had some academy award nominations throughout their run which really shocked yeah. me so maybe trying to touch on some of the higher the higher points uh of those, yeah. of those movies yeah i am excited so um, and i'm really i'm excited because uh as we get closer it's going to be a very canon christmas oh it's going to be well we were going to go for merry kicksmas but I don't know if it's going to be a very canon Christmas or a very or Merry Kicksmas. <laughs> I feel the kicks restrict us to. Um, I, want, I, want, I want more. I want more than just kicking. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Or we could just do Van Damme and Chuck Norris. <laughs> no, no, no. Because canon, I, I would argue that canon uh, 
films is is what helped give rise to the idea uh, or popularity of bazookas and uzis in the 1980s <laughs> oh so i would agree <laughs> we, we don't want to let like, like leave their staple stuff out when we when we cover this all right so all right halloween Have a good day, my friend has it did happy halloween shit i always hit